What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce, the legend that is Mark McKenzie, and this is brought to you by Four Soccer Ventures. And we're back with a new guest. We're trying to keep our OS faithful, guessing. Mark, uh, who's our guest this week, man? We got uh, the, the smooth British talking, uh, thunder thighed, you know, sorry, sorry to all my skinny thigh people like Heath, Eunice Musa. Eunice. M U S A, Musa. Yeah, I think that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's how. I think that's how it went. But yeah, that's my boy. You know, my my. I love his accent. You know, I wish I had his accent to be honest with you. But you know, that's the real reason I bought him on here. Forget the football. You know, I just wanted to to, to hear my guy talk. You know, I'm showing a lot of love to him. Matter of fact, yeah, man. Yeah, you are showing love. They showing love. But I can appreciate that. Before we get it, before we jump into that episode, um, how was your week, man? Man, Champions League finished. Two legs against Shakhtar. Shakhtar is one of like the toughest teams to, to to get a draw against in this because they are like a perennial Champions League team, and they have to go through like they go through it every year, and they always have a lot of up and coming big big stars and big players. Um, so you you Gang's been knocked out of the Champions League, right? So no group stages, but then you go into the group stages of Europa League, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, yeah. Look, credit to Shakhtar, right? They, they, they're a top team. There's a reason they took it to Real Madrid, right? You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about a team that can ball. Um, and I ultimately, I, I think we had our chances. You know, I think we we had opportunities to to, to kind of hit them, um, and and we just didn't, you know, maximize on those opportunities. So, you know, good luck to them. You know, on the the, the next stage. But you know, for us, we need to turn our focus to yeah, the league ultimately, and now Europa League as well. Um, and trying to to be successful in that in that tournament, so let's not let's not neglect the fact that that Europa League is still a top tournament in the world. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the just below the Champions League, so still have a big big opportunity. You know, to to showcase what we can do. You know, against some of the best best teams in the world. Um, so yeah, definitely disappointing. But again, we got we got a lot of stuff to look forward to. So now, for everybody, just to put it into context, you now got the league, the cup, and Europa League as a schedule and then the world cup qualifiers coming up in the fall that could be on your plate. So if you were to play in all of those, you're talking about a serious amount of games. Yeah. 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 We're talking and, and throwing national team matches in there as well. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of travel, a lot of matches that'll pick up on us very quickly, very, very quickly. So will they, I'm guessing then they'll have to reschedule some of your games from the league that may have been scheduled already to slot in for Europa League, right? Or did they did they take that into account when they were building the, the, the schedule? I think they took it into account when they built the schedule, but then again, you never know. Because like, you're going to be getting Sundays now. You're going to be playing Sundays, yeah. which means like you you get no weekends anymore. Like you're going to be hanging, you're going to be hanging out and, and uh, well, I guess Sundays in Europe though, like is everything closed in gang? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's out here. Stuff is... If it opens on Sunday, it's opening at like ten, and it closes by like three o'clock. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's like a it's, grocery store, maybe. But yeah, other, like yeah, the, exactly. Like, like uh, if you wanted to go to like your your um, to go get your phone fixed, like that place is closed on Sunday. Yeah, a lot of the retail stores, a lot of those little hole in the wall spots there, they're all shut down. Actually, restaurants though, restaurants are, are open. They're, they're open yeah. pretty late now. Um, but kitchens do close at ten o'clock. Um, even if the, the, the restaurant is open until midnight. So if you are coming to Belgium, if you're coming to Genk, make sure you get to the restaurant before 10 o'clock because I got hit with that. And uh, yeah, I was hungry. 
So and don't be that yeah. don't be that dickhead American too that shows up at nine fifty trying to get a meal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be that guy. At least at least some of like the French parts of Belgium, they're they're not gonna take that lightly, you know. They don't mess around. <clears throat> they don't play games. When it comes to getting rest, it's 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 do or die, you know. So if you're not there at nine o'clock, then you're not getting a meal. So uh yeah, please, please on, on my behalf and, and the rest of Belgium, get there yeah. before before ten o'clock. Speaking of uh, Sunday games, I played a lot of Saturday games in Germany, but a lot of Sunday games in Denmark. And I remember I used to go for like a morning walk. I would almost always have to cook my own pregame meals if it was a home game and we weren't like staying in a hotel or having a pregame team meal or something like that, which we didn't have a lot of the time because like there wasn't a lot of places open, you know, even restaurants, they opened like 10, 11, maybe noon, you know, for like a short window. I remember not being able to I remember, at least in my neighborhood, not having a lot of places to, to go to to get food if I wanted to have a pregame meal or something like that. I was always ended up cooking it because of because of Sundays. Yeah, yeah. I think I learned I learned a few spots. Like there's a restaurant right near my apartment uh, called it's an Italian restaurant, and I've become friends with the owner and uh, those who run the shop. So they're open Sundays, you know. Thankfully, so uh, if the team isn't cooking, you know, or if the team doesn't have pregame meal, we're not at the stadium, which the majority of the time, we're already at the stadium three, four, like four or five hours before the match. Mm-hmm. So they're cooking the meal for us, and we'll have team meal. So you get there early enough, and, and you kind of relax. Um, so so t- pregame meal is already covered. But on the times that you don't, maybe preseason match or something like that, the Italian restaurant downstairs is open on Sunday. So maybe to get some authentic Italian, you know, pregame meal, um, you know, before uh, before before games or before training, whatever it is. So it's it's nice, but. I'm lucky in that sense because there's not a lot of places that are open Sunday uh, that that allow you to to get the food. Right, right. Yeah. So Musa, Eunice, uh, he he was such a like if I if I if I had it if I had his like accent and stuff, I would be as calm as he is. He's just like this, 100%. like you know, feet on the ground, humble guy, just, ten toes down. You yeah. Know. And, and this guy, mind you, this guy, and, and you guys won't be able to see it, but he was smiling. I mean, he has like a an infectious smile. So if you see him in person too, you just want to smile. You're like, ah, this guy. You know, he's not like super energetic, but he's got this calmness to him. It's like, yeah, you know, I think I might want to smile right now too. You know what I'm saying? For being, how old is he? Eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah, like for yeah, being yeah. that age, being eighteen, like he is very like grateful. Like when I was yes. eighteen, all I was thinking about is the next thing I could get to. Right when I was I was in college at the time, obviously, but. I was basically trying to just run through walls, run through walls, run through walls. And I was like, anybody who gets in my way, no way, you know? And and I was also just like thinking about other things at 18, you know? Like, of course, of course. But for him to have like this gratitude of like, everything's good, everything's good, especially when he's injured, right? It's easy to go yeah. into a dark place. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought that, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a really interesting and also a, a, a different background, right? To play with the youth England setup, to go into then... Uh, be in the full team uh, to be in the U.S. full team and decide that and feel welcomed like that. I thought that was just a cool part. I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, yeah. No, again, you guys will you hear the combo, but he's you know what? No, I'm not even gonna go into more detail. You, you know, here is here is a here is our conversation with with Yunus Musa. Let's welcome our next guest, my guy, Valencia footballer. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, we all know him. Yunus Musa, eligible for for what? How many countries? For like four countries? Yeah. yeah. Ghana, USA, Italy, 
and uh, England. Yeah, yeah. Not many people can 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 hold those four countries, you know, in one in one hand. Um, <laughs> but this is this is a, a young footballer, a young legend in the making. Uh, Eunice, what's happening, bro? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for welcoming me on your show. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. No, the pleasure the pleasure is ours, you know. The pleasure is ours. And it's not many it's not many times you get to 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 bring on the the guy who has USA literally in his name, you know what I'm saying? Uh, trust me. <laughs> when when that came out, it was like it was like the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um nah, the USA has been actually so great with it. like the way they work on me and stuff. If you if I look back at it, it's, yeah, it's been crazy to I'm such a young player, you know, I haven't really done anything in my career yet and uh to welcome me like that, it just really gives me a sense of, um, you know, I'm part of part of the US, you know, I'm uh, one of you guys and uh, that's how I feel now, you know, I feel feel really American and that's that's what the US have done and yeah, I'm just, I'm just really, really grateful. Before Heath hops in with his West Coast talk, yeah, he's a New Yorker, so yeah. Yeah, man, I was born, born in the Bronx. <laughs> Eunice, uh, when you were making the decision to to play, when you made the decision to play for the U.S., were you nervous at all? I mean, not in terms of like, did I make the right decision, but were you nervous to get into the group? Did you know any of the players? Did you know that somebody like Mark McKenzie was going to be this cool of a guy? You know, I knew like how Americans kind of are. Like, I knew it would be a cool bunch, cool bunch, you know. But I didn't expect it to be such a such a group. Like, I I didn't expect it at all. Like, it's actually crazy. So fun going on camps and just meeting with these guys, you know. You feel like Mark, as he said, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. It's really fun, and like you're looking forward to it. And and then after when the camp finishes, you're like, I want to be back. I want to be back, you know. And uh, yeah, obviously the decision to to play for the US has paid off. You know, I um, I'm so convinced about my decision, and yeah, no regrets. Yo, Eunice, how how is uh how is your your injury? How are you feeling physically right now? Obviously, you know, you guys kind of regalvanize the US fan base with the Nations League and now everybody is overanalyzing everything that you guys are doing, right? From the moment you leave your house, what you're doing with your day, where you're spending your time. And this didn't happen after the US failed to qualify for the World Cup. That that was kind of everybody went dormant and kind of didn't have any expectations. But now everybody worries. They see you um, you know, picture comes out of you in crutches and everybody freaks out. How are you feeling at the moment? It's been two weeks now and uh feeling much better and like I'm walking again now. Yeah, at the moment I still can't run, but I'm sure I'll be back soon enough. You know, couple couple more weeks, but I'm getting stronger, feeling better. I feel like I'm gonna become come better, stronger because I'm working hard right now. So that's all there is to it. You have to keep working hard and and uh, keep motivated. I like that. I like that. Let's go. Let's go back to the Nations League a little bit. How was the how was the Nations League for you from an experience standpoint? Obviously, you know, before we started rolling, we talked about Denver and you enjoying Denver and being with the group. But what was that What was that experience like for you um, being part of the team that obviously beats Mexico? That's a huge, huge moment in history. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, so uh, like the the camp was a bit, a bit different because usually I've just been in um, camps where we play friendly matches. And uh, obviously, all of a sudden, we're in competition now. So it's a lot more serious, um, and uh, the stakes are higher, you know, and uh, yeah, like that was that was a different part, but like yeah, the group is very professional, like they just they just took it like as it came, it didn't really affect them, you know, and um, for me as an experienced point of view, being in that stadium with so many U.S. fans and uh, so many Mexico fans, seeing the heat of it. 
and stuff like that was a crazy game and how it turned out to be free to as well with the dramatic ending i don't know if i'll experience another final like that you know so i won't forget that i'll tell my kids everyone i know i kicked it off right didn't i uh, Mark was building the drama in that game. He was building the drama. He Yeah, exactly. You can laugh about it now, but like in retrospect, it's like, damn. Mark, when when that game started, I was like, I wonder what percentage of Mexico fans are in this stadium. And then you made a mistake in the second minute, and I was like, oh, it's at least eighty to ninety percent, and they are on their feet now. I can count them. Uh, but man, what an experience, <laughs> yeah. what an experience for you guys. You know, we, Mark and I talk about it a lot. You know, so I played, uh, one dose of Cero with, with us Mexico and then played in the gold cup final against Mexico. And just what that means to go through that. Right. I'm sure some yeah. of the group was telling you what it means, what us Mexico is like and the intensity of it. But could, did you, did you, did it, did it, I, I guess exceed your expectations of the atmosphere, the intensity the drama, the theater, Everything that went into that game, yeah. did it exceed your expectations of what you thought was going to happen? Yeah. Like, t- storytelling it, like, obviously, my teammates were telling me, oh, US-Mexico is really tough, the crowd's crazy, etc." Okay, but you're, obviously, you're talking to me about it, and, okay, cool. But actually living it and being in there, it's another thing. Like, it's just, it's overwhelming, you know? It's crazy. You have to, you have to be involved in it to actually know how it is, because... A lot of times in life, like people talk to you about stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I understand, I understand. But, you know, being in the situation is another thing, isn't it? Yeah, you don't know until you until you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mark walks around with like a purple heart on his shirt now, you know, like he's a war veteran, you know, like uh, his body language changed on the podcast <laughs> because he's been through this US-Mexico. Now we have some of the younger guys come on and be like, listen, son, sit down. Let me tell you what it's like to be in, be in a US-Mexico match. Put my arm over the shoulder. Listen, <laughs> I was on the bench, yeah, and like I felt nervous, and I was like, these guys on the pitch, yeah, like playing against, and with all these, this, these away fans, you know, booing them and all of that. And I was on the bench. I felt, I felt the pressure. When I went to warm up and stuff, I felt the pressure. Imagine these guys on the field, man. They did a great job. They did a great job. No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, you man. Know, <laughs> you, have to, you have to appreciate like the good stuff, man. <laughs> see, this is why you want to have this guy around. You see, <laughs> nah. he, bring, he just brings the well, joy yeah. out of stuff. Yeah, he needs to be a regular, just vi- vibe check, like a vibes guest. You know, we need to have the vibes guest come on here and just bring the good vibes. Yeah, man. So, how do you feel on the pitch, man? I haven't asked you this before. Uh, on the pitch, like warm ups, you kind of feel it because uh, the thing is, when we came off a of warm up, yeah, we're running. You know, we're standing in like the tunnel. And we're walking, walking. You can kind of okay. hear the fans. Like already in the Honduras uh-huh. game, the Honduras Salvador game, you could feel, you could hear the stomp, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the the stadium rocking a little bit. And as soon as that game ended, you start to see the the stands fill up. And then we get to the tunnel right before we step on the field, and you hear like the rumble from from the stadium from the fans. Yeah, you get yeah, on the yeah. pitch, <laughs> and then we hear the U.S. you know supporters. Oh yeah. <laughs> then Mexico comes out. And the, uh, the yeah. stadium went crazy, bro. I was I was like, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. <laughs> we in for an interesting one tonight. Mm-hmm. And then I think once we walked out, it was like I kind of blacked out in a way where it was you know what's on the line, you know what's at stake, and you know where you're at, you know who you're playing. So you're prepared and all. 
But like when you're in, actually in the moment, it's surreal, you know, because you, you play the anthem, then you hear their anthem and the, the bands and you take off the jacket and you, you, you're just standing there. You're kind of soaking it all up. And bruh, once the whistle blew, it was like, yeah, let's go time. And then the mistake happened. I was like, oh, sh-. you know, here we go. Okay, like, okay. this is not yeah. how we want to start. Like, oh, come on. Then they scored the second one and then they got called back mm-hmm. from all sides. And I was like, wake up call. Yeah. Bruh, I was sh- when they scored that one, I was like, no way. This is not yeah. happening. No way. No way. And <laughs> we got that one back. You know, we got the set piece goal. Or I think Gio scored. Gio scored. Yeah. From uh, the corner. Re- like yeah, yeah, yeah. For rebound. Yeah. yeah, man. We were back in it. So at that point, it was like, it was just game on. You know, just win your duels. You know, we're gonna, it's going to be a scrap. Yeah. Well, man, oh, man. From <laughs> the first minute to the last minute, it was a show. It was a show. It was. <laughs> I enjoyed the show. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Well, chilling, you know, watching you guys do it. Obviously, I wanted to be a bold man. You know how much I wanted to be a bold man. Come on, man. But, of course. But, yeah, Greg, Greg did, made a decision and you have to respect that. So, yeah, look, that's how football is, you know. That's, that's how it is, bro. reality, you know, but trust. <laughs> <laughs> trust. We got more. We got, we, we got big games coming up. So, yeah. big time baller, right? Right, you know, that's the <laughs> last time I checked. So you'll be you'll be just fine. You know, did you have any conversations with Greg about playing or not playing during that camp? Because it, it, at least for me, it was a shock naturally when I saw your play in, in, in La Liga and the way that you'd been performing and all of that. You were just a natural fit within within any of these systems, especially in in matches of consequence. Did you guys have any conversation leading up or after? Have you had any conversations since about your your game, where you're at with things? Yeah, me and me and Greg always talk really about um yeah, we we have a lot of chit chat about um my progress and what he wants and what he expects from me. And uh like we yeah, we kept on speaking obviously because he knew he knew how and you know, I wanna play and uh after every match he'll talk to me and stuff, to explain to me um why i didn't play and etc and most of the time you know it was just tactical decisions and also i mentioned the fact that um coming to the end of the season at valencia i wasn't really uh getting minutes so um that that might have affected my um my fitness coming to the camp so yeah there was a lot of factors involved but um but yeah greg i know greg the um, greg has a lot of faith in me and yeah he he was Make sure he reminds me of that, and that's all really. Like, yeah, it's it's all good. It's all good, man. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> it's hard to deny that you're a baller, but uh, <laughs> I got a question because this is a sensitive topic for me. There's not many guys with bigger bigger legs than myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Heath can he Heath is gonna he's gonna be upset because he can't really step into this category, but. You know, do you, do you skip leg day at all? Because, uh, <laughs> or is it all, all natural, you know? Because <laughs> there's not many guys with bigger legs than me. And I was a bit, you know, upset, <laughs> you know, when I saw, you know, I saw somebody have bigger legs than me. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment, man. I really, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. I get you, I get you. Like, I, it affects me as well when I see that too. With all people <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. You guys are living but, in the yeah, dream world. Like, We're looking at everyone's legs, just as like, oh man, Mark comes in like, yeah, well, at least I'm the leg guy, you know? And then you come in and now he's got some competition and, he, and he's flustered by it. Yeah, man. But like, nah, like um, at Arsenal, we started 
hitting the gym at like 12, isn't it? And um, we started hitting the gym at 12. Like at 12, we were just learning movements and stuff. And then slowly add weights, add weights. And you're just, you're just racking on. We're competitive with each other. And I think, yeah, it was a mixture of that training and obviously my genetics as well. I had a pay the factor. So yeah, man, like I'm grateful for the body I have. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm lucky to have it, isn't it? So um, yeah, man. Thanks for that compliment, Mark. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, I do heat a few compliments. Hey, Yunus, were you, when, when, uh, when you were at Arsenal, was, was Thierry around? He was around as a coach. He was around yeah. as a coach here and there. Here and there, he was around as a coach. But that's it, yeah. Because I came, I came out to the grounds a few times when he was doing his, when he was doing his badges. Okay, okay. Did you have any sessions under him when he was doing some of the, his coaching license stuff? Nah, because he was doing it with the U19s yeah. and... Uh, at that time, I don't know what age I was, but yeah, I was in the United. So, uh, yeah, and like you weren't the, good enough to play up. You weren't you weren't playing up at that point, or what? I was playing up, but not for the United. <laughs> in, in 2016, I was like, wait, 2020. You're 14? <laughs> yeah, five years ago, I was 14, man. Nah, like hey, 13. bro, step up. Yeah, because I'm gonna be 19 in November, so whatever, man. I was 13, 14, so yeah. That age, I was playing. If I, if I was fourteen, I was playing up with the fifteens, um, and that was my first season with the England setup as well. Hmm. What What was your youth experience like? You know, your your background is going to be very. I mean, probably closer to Mark's background and growing up in an academy now, but very different than what mine was because we didn't have any of that stuff when I was coming through. So, what what was your youth? football experience like from like community football into the arsenal setup to to where you are now kind of what was your what was the like kind of what was the 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 the, the pathway for you the pathway from i played in a local team uh, in my area and then he a scout came and watched and took me to came took me to the training ground so first first it was a chelsea scout i went to try out at chelsea for like a few days and then i came back from a chelsea um a Chelsea training and then an Arsenal scout called and my dad was like, no, we're at trialing at Chelsea and stuff. And the Arsenal scout just kept on persuading us. And we went, took, picked us up in his black cab. He drove a black cab. He picked us up. And, um, yeah, like he, we got there in 20 minutes and to get to Chelsea, it was like three hours. So yeah, we got there in 20 minutes. So yeah, I played a match and then Arsenal signed me straight away and told me not to go back to Chelsea. And <laughs> that's, that's how. That's how it started at Arsenal. They had the contract and, go. They had the contract over the sidelines. They saw it yeah. a few minutes. They said, "Here you go." <laughs> full whistle blows. Yeah. So did you grow moment. up in North London then? If it was only nah. Um, the training ground from U nine under nines to under sixteens is uh, in kind of East London. Yeah. So I grew up in East London, anyways, and no, in a neighborhood that's kind of normal in London, you know. A bit rough areas, nice areas, a bit of a mixture. Again, in the US, we talk about this on, on the show a lot. Like nobody grew up dreaming of a club in my, in my generation in the US, right? Because you didn't have access to clubs. You, you knew of them, but it was never the big dream because you didn't know what it meant, right? You knew what the national yeah, team yeah. was. You knew what the Olympics were. That was sort of the, the gold standard of like, as far as you could dream, that's how far you, you, you would dream. But for you, it was different, right? Growing up in the UK, did you was your first love a, a club? Was it a was it a country? Was like sort of where where did your sort of loyalty lie in terms of like the 
you know, someday I want to do this as your big goal when you're, when you're a kid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I was in the Arsenal Academy, um, we got to go and watch some matches here and there. We got tickets to watch the matches at the Emirates here and there and seeing the, the atmosphere, the stadium, seeing the players play there, it just pumps you so hard. And cause it's your passion, like, you're like, yeah, I want to be like them and stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to be like the, the first team players at Arsenal. I wanted to, I wanted to walk out the tunnel like them, play on the pitch like them, score like them, you know. And uh, I just wanted to be like them, and that was my goal, really. Really. Well, so you're an Arsenal supporter, yeah? I am. I am. I still watch their matches all the time. Come on, <laughs> man! Come on! Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I also got because I like seeing um, what teammates are debuting as well and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So it's nice to see. It's nice to see. Wait, who did you play? Who did you play with in, in the academy coming up? Well, see, the most recent player that um, I played with uh, was is Bakay Saka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played with him for like I played with him for a season, I think, because he's he's older than me. So I played up that season, and um, after that season, he was just playing up, up, up. So we never got to play with each other again after that. But yeah, we played we played with each other for some time. It was nice. Did you play with Smith Rowe? Uh, I played with him in uh, in the tournament, in uh, the Future Cup in Amsterdam. Yeah, I played with him there. He's gone so much better. He's, he's kept on improving, actually, so credits to him. For people that don't understand in the U.S., because I think this is also a theme here, is they think that you get into Arsenal and then everybody just becomes an Arsenal player or a big pro Tell us how difficult it is to go from being in a club to even getting to the first team and how many players you probably saw come in and out during your time that are probably not even maybe one even playing anymore or even close to a professional level. What's I mean, it's got to be a pretty low percentage one that get into to Arsenal or first team. And now, you, you know, at your club now, how many of those players come into the first team? But like, how rare is it uh, to see a player break through uh, versus what people think here, which is like, oh, yeah, every guy, you go start in the club, you, you and then you eventually go into the first team. Yeah. So, like, statistically, actually, um, players in the academy that make it the gold way up to play in the first team is less than 1%, you know? So, when you think about that percentage, um, you realize how, how hard it actually is to become a footballer. And... Uh, the um, you know it's not easy to get there and uh, a lot of a lot of um, young people want to become footballers you know like and um yeah it's a tough road i've seen so many teammates that played with me and that you know it comes to the end of the season and it's time for the club to decide whether they keep you or they release you and it's sad moments you see people coming out of the meetings crying angry see parents angry that they've taken them to training for so many years and then now the club just says yeah we don't want you anymore and then they're stuck as well sometimes because no club wants them and then now they were thinking what am i doing because they were just focusing on football you know yeah that's that's the tough part about it because it's it's the passion that you know most most of them had and unfortunately now they don't get to pursue it like you see in the sport like how many how many fans you have in the in the stadiums? Like all of them would like to be in your shoes, so it's a privilege to to be able to make it. And yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to go through that journey, see so many things, and to be able to come out the other side and do what you love after all those hours of sacrifice, all those 
all those years of you know um your parents sacrifice a lot so yeah it's that's the journey that's interesting because everybody wants to create those environments in the u.s right those those intense professional environments but to do that there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of people that you know don't make it for example fc dallas is now known for their academy right developing players but they've signed a crazy amount of players at a young age and most of them are gone not playing the game you know and they're the ones that got signed let alone you know the academy is a little bit different it's a little less cutthroat you have you know education opportunities there's a little more emphasis on that but the players that signed in the early days made it one two seasons and then they were gone there was no infrastructure to support them and build them and so you have these young people that are, have, have, have earned very little money um and sacrificed a lot for their families that you know nobody wants to talk about the downsides of like you said that environment where every year you know players are getting cut and there might not be another opportunity for them and they've invested you know since before they were teenagers and in, into into this pathway and now there's not a clear plan for them. Yeah, you meant, you said it right. Investment, you know, it's an investment. It's, it's a big investment because... But that's uh, scary when it's an investment yeah, for the parents uh, too, right? Because they expect an ROI on their time and energy spent. Yeah. Literally, man. It's a big investment, man. Yeah. I think sometimes in the States, clubs have a difficult time having a difficult conversation. So sometimes they'll just sign to sign or they're scared of losing somebody. So they'll sign them to sign them rather than truly giving them a chance to like develop further, you know? Um, but in some cases, look, it works out. In some cases it doesn't. You know, we see that all over the world, but I think just seeing how many, like for example, how many Dallas players, Dallas youth players have signed and how much money they potentially could have invested in, other players you know who either went elsewhere because they don't feel like they're you know getting the the attention or or feel like they're they're being invested in period so yeah it's i think it's getting more cutthroat for sure it's getting more competitive but it's it's one where where there really needs to be some revisions you know because it's the only way you know you're gonna make things you know better i think that's my opinion though you know that's me you know that's me being you know a cutthroat guy you know being the, the Gordon Ramsay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you should be in those meetings. Give it a conversation. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm not talking, all right, you know me, you know me. I'm not even like the kind of guy who's like all serious and like, oh, you know, this, I'm Mark McKenzie and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not even like that guy, but when it comes down to it, you know, it's like, it's a real thing. You know, I look at my parents and the real conversations that they've had with me and that realness is, is what I appreciate most in people, you know, period. Whether it be coming from a superior and, in, in, you know, the game or whether it be coming from a friend, all you can really ask for is just realness, authenticity. And I think that's what, you know, uh, you know, I think ne- needs to step up sometimes. But, you know, I, I don't want to do it with a smile, you know, either because it hurts. It hurts seeing somebody, you know, that you've yeah, now potentially worked with for X amount of time say, yeah, you're just not good enough. I'm sorry. You know, or we're going in a different route. We feel like somebody else is better. Like that's to a seven, sixteen-year-old, you know, kid <laughs> who's placed their whole heart into it. So, yeah, man. But I'll be a sporting director one day. I don't want to be a coach, but I'll be a sporting director. <laughs> I don't mind. Nah, I want to be a coach. Nah, bro. Come on. Why do you want to be a coach, bro? It's too much stress. It's too much stress. <laughs> it's too much. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of ideas. You know, I can help. I can help a lot of footballers. I think in the future, man. Ooh, visionary, a visionary. You know what I mean? <laughs> you played in the England youth setup. Yeah. Was that a 
a positive environment? Was it cutthroat? Was it like, uh, did it factor into your decision of, of, of potentially playing for the U S in terms of like what your experience was there? Um, you know, it, or, or was it, you know, just like a youth, youth setup got the times that I was in, you know, my experience different in youth national teams than Mark's was. And so what was, what was that experience like? And, and yeah, was it a positive one? I mean, I, I know you're all vibes, but like, you know, what was it, what was it like? And did it affect your decision of wanting like, is England the right setup for you? Yeah. Uh, it definitely affected my decision to, to choose the U S because I love, I love to lay for England. It was a, it was a great journey with the youth system. Like, uh, I enjoyed it so much. I went to almost every camp, you know, and that shows how much, um, yeah, they appreciated me and how much they, yeah, they wanted me to play for them and, uh, captained a few times as well. So yeah, like I loved it and the boys were great. So yeah, I loved going on camp, you know, it wasn't like, uh, I'm going on camp and I feel so much pressure because I have to perform and I have to do well. Otherwise I'm not coming back. No, I was I was going because I love I love playing the England way. I love playing with my teammates. I love being on camp with them, going to each other's rooms, playing FIFA, etc. So yeah, like it was a great experience, and that definitely affected my decision to to choose the US. As I didn't have a bad experience, isn't it? If I had a bad experience, then oh, this has been easy. That's fair. Um, let me ask: Did you play with uh Falaren, uh Bologan. Bologan. Yeah, yeah, Bologan. Flo. <laughs> no, nah, I, I I played the Flo, yeah, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal. Okay. And 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 I mean I don't know if anybody Yeah, what's the word, bro? Tell us what's the word. Yeah, I don't know? know I don't know if anybody, you know, reached out to you, but you gonna reach out to him about the US or anything? I'm not look, I'm not a recruiter. Look, I got I got units up <laughs> straight, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I, I try my best, but I try my best. Well, yeah, Flo is a great striker, man. He's a he's a good finisher, he's sharp and all that. It would be great in the US, not gonna lie. You'll 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 like him, like him. <laughs> he's a good character. But, oh, okay. but he's quite he's also he's very he's a very London boy, isn't he? So ah, okay. we'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> nah, it's calm, it's calm, it's calm, you know. Jamaica, London, you know, it's it's uh, one and one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's 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 interesting because uh I always think about how the, the youth national team setups, you know, are different but similar in a way. Me when he was saying earlier about how like my U20 experience was different from his U20 experience, you know, for you, when you were coming up in that, in that going through the ranks, was it, uh, cause I had a different coach essentially every cycle until I got to U20. Did you have a different coach each period? And like, were, were they kind of seamless in, in terms of how they wanted to play or did each coach have a, a distinct style of like, Oh, well we want to do this or, you know, we want to emulate the the first team, or the senior team, and and, and we want to play like that. Or, you know, what, what was that? What was that like in in, in the midst of, of your national team uh, journey? Yeah, um, throughout the journey, we uh, we actually kept on kept kept the same stuff really. Like uh, the pathway to the first team it was quite clear. It was quite clear how we played, and that was consistent throughout the ranks, even though we had different coaches and. Uh, yeah, that was good to have that consistency and keep those that philosophy. And um, yeah, there was a lot of detail into it, and it was quite clear. Actually, I enjoyed it. It was it was good football. It was good football, man. And um, it was quite clear um, what they wanted, how we how, sh- how we should play and stuff. It's just that obviously um, 
seeing the seeing the first team sometimes do different things was a bit like, oh, are we supposed to do that as well then? Or why are they doing that and they're telling us to do this? But um, but sometimes obviously they they have to change things because of other opponents and stuff. That's normal. And as you get older, you understand that and you realize, yeah, of course. Of course. you can't always play one way. No, of course. And did you have like yeah. a, a core group of guys who came up through the team with, or would it change per camp? Because I know for me, it was it was like I think we had probably like seven to nine guys who were like mainstays within the team and kind of kept that consistency. And then you have guys kind of float in and out. Yeah. Mind you, I wasn't even like a mainstay in the national team. I was, I didn't come on the scenes. I was U18 probably. But yeah, I wasn't sure. It was, was it like a core group of guys or, or did it kind of, was it a mixture? Yeah. yeah. Um, U15s was a mixture and stuff. And then from U16s, there was a quite core group of guys. Um, and then there's here, changes here and there, but not many. And uh, it stayed quite consistent over the years. Still is. Um, because yeah, the players that are there are top players, like the best players in England, and it's hard. It's hard to take that position, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard. So if yeah, the players that there, they're there for a reason, you know. So so it's hard to take that spot, and there's just changes here and there, but small changes. Most of the team is always the same. But how did you get to Valencia? Uh, how did that? How did that happen? How did that come together? Why did that feel like the right next move for you for your career? You know, because yeah. a lot of these guys, again, like you talked about, 1%, right, at Arsenal, a big club, mm-hmm. one of the biggest clubs in the world. And then to go to another club that has so much history and is a big club, it's, you know, you never know what, like, how do you know, did you know this was the right next move for you? Did you know that the, this is where you were going to continue your career? Because, again, some pe- th- thing that people don't see is just how many clubs there are in Europe, right? And mm. how many players there are in Europe that are available yeah. at any time to go to a club? How did, how, how did that one come about and how did you know that this was the right next step for you? Yeah, well, um, firstly, like, uh, my last season at Arsenal, I was, I told my brother, my family, like, yeah, I want to, I want to leave Arsenal and I just, I just felt like I needed a change in environment and stuff and also I needed, I, fe- I felt like I was ready to make the step up into senior football. I, I was 16, but I felt like, yeah, like I'm ready to make the step into the senior football. That, that, that next step was to play in a men's league, you know. And now that I was going into the under 10, under 18 season, playing up in the 23s league is playing with 19 year olds and stuff. And Valencia, uh, playing, uh, in Spain, you have B teams that play in, uh, the, the professional leagues, you know. So they're playing against growing men, you know, paying for, Playing for their families, you know, if they get relegated, they're gonna get less money. They're gonna have problems. So it's more competitive, and you, and that was gonna help me through to to one day playing men's football in the top league. And um, yeah, my brother came back one day from Valencia, and I came back from school, and I didn't even know he went. And he came back, told me, uh, I went to Valencia. We had a chat with him, and etc. Seems like a good club, etc. etc. And uh, I was like, okay, this is new. I've never, I didn't follow Valencia like that at that time, but I know of Valencia. And uh, then, yeah, I was, I was really excited. Like, yeah, okay, show me what they talked about. So, you know, I slept in my brother in my room. So there was a whiteboard as well. And uh, he just started writing down the plans, what they talked about, and et cetera. And he looked like a great plan, actually. And um, better than what, but better than what Arsenal were offering me. So um, that, that made, a big part of the decision with Valencia, I saw a clear pathway to to the first team for myself. That was they made a great project uh, to the first team for me, and 
then obviously you know that you still have to work hard. It's not going to be given to you. So you might go there and it might not work out. You never know. But I didn't say that to myself. I was like, yeah, if I go, no matter what happens, at the end of the day, it's going to work. It's going to work, you know. And that's what I did. I went there. My first season was quite tough, actually. I was in the B team, not in the B team, playing with the 19 sometimes to get some game time, uh, playing with the uh, B team again. And then COVID came over while I was doing good with the B team again in the team. That was a shame. And um, there, after that COVID season, the preseason after that, uh, Valencia was like, okay, you're going to play. You're going to be the preseason of the first team. And knowing that, I was like, yeah, you know, this is the chance. This is the chance. Like, I was just praying every night all the time. Like, I was, I was sleeping early, eating right, doing all the right things. Uh, like, with the coaches, I would be like, everyone walked past just like, hi, but that's DS. And like, I was going <laughs> to shake the hand, you know, I was going to shake the hand. I would, uh, after training, I shake the hand. Uh, <laughs> I was doing the most, man. I was doing the most. I wasn't overdoing it. I wasn't overdoing it, but you know, I knew like it has to be done, man. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the team here. You get me? And then the first preseason match came, and uh, they were missing, were missing a lot of right wingers. So I played right wing for the whole game, ninety minutes in my first preseason match. And Mark knows in preseason you play like forty-five minutes, you know. And I played, I played ninety minutes, and yeah, smashed it. And uh, from there. I had a nice debut season and I'm really grateful for, for this and like, yeah, great start to my career and hopefully there's more. But yeah, man, that's how I came about to get to Valencia. It worked, it worked out in the end and I'm so happy I made that decision. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How's the lifestyle? How's the lifestyle out there? Because, uh, I can tell you right now in Genk is a little bit quieter, you know, it's, uh, I don't know how big, how big, how big is Valencia as a city? I'm from London, so like Valencia is kind of small. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> trust. <laughs> like in London, I have to take. I take an hour to get somewhere here. It's fifteen, twenty minutes. You know, I'm there. Yeah, I do know. It takes me ten minutes to get the training. Yeah, <laughs> man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't mind it. Trust, trust. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because like. uh I forgot something at the apartment, and I pulled up, and I was like, ah, "Dang, I gotta go back to." And it took me. I was gone. You were like, <laughs> no one I even knew back. you left. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I went back and I was like, God. and they were like, "Oh, uh, Mark, yeah, uh, somebody was looking for you." I was like, "Oh, all right, cool." Nobody even knew I was gone. It was, it was, it was calm. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, bro!" I'm telling you, it's that's it's, mad. It's a small city, bro. Small. I think on like a good day, it takes me eight minutes to get the training. Like on a good day, eight minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah. Bro, listen, I can't I can't be late. I have no excuses. I go I go ride a bike and be the training, you know, in like twenty yeah, minutes, twenty five minutes. You. So yeah, I have no excuses. Uh, I think gang is like sixty thousand people. That's like a sellout crowd at, at Valencia Stadium, to be honest with you. It's forty four thousand. I say yeah. the sixty thousand is the Emirates, the Arsenal Stadium. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You could fit the whole town, the whole town, city, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> Yank, in, in one <laughs> in one stadium. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, listen, Eunice, we don't want to keep you much longer. So, Mark, why don't you hit him with some uh, rapid fire, and then we'll get him on his way. Cool, man. All right. All right so, rapid fire questions, just quick, off the top of your head, nothing too deep. <laughs> uh, your favorite player of all time has to be Paul Pogba. 
your favorite U.S. men's national team player of all time? Dempsey? Aha. Yeah. Because he played in England and I watched him a lot in the Premier League, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you put pineapple on pizza? Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But would you eat it if there was pineapple on the pizza? Yeah, man, I'd munch it. It's pizza still. Okay, all right, all right. It's calm, it's calm. So I'll take that as it's a not yes. It's not part of his current <laughs> diet, though. You know, he's not. He's got to yeah, yeah, back yeah, on yeah. the carbs at the moment. <laughs> He can have pineapple over there. He can have cheese, <laughs> and then he can have maybe maybe something else. But he can't have the the the, the crust, crust and, and the sauce yeah, right yeah, now. It's a little too high too high in the carbs. Uh, and then last one, we got like a, a pre match uh, playlist, public Spotify playlist, and we're having all mm-hmm. the guests throw on a track. Um, it can be anything you know you're feeling, whether it be something you were feeling back when you were in the youth academy, or something that you play now before the games, or something you just vibing to now, something that's that's really stuck. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm vibing to Clash by Dave and Stormzy. Ah, oh, Clash. Yeah. Jordan yeah, Jordan ones. <laughs> <laughs> Millimeters thirty one. It's a banger. It's a banger. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind. I might have to go play that. Yeah. I'm go take my dog on the wall. I might have to go blast that real quick. <laughs> nah, but that's my the type guy, of music listen. though. When you're walking with a dog and stuff, it makes you feel hard. You know, you feel yeah. a little bit. I know, you know, I got a little, I got a little pooch. Slaps know, a, little a little harder. Yeah. yeah. He's the size of my foot. You know, I'm out here walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, nah, close, bro. Man. but look, hey, man, we appreciate you hopping on here tonight. You know, it's a, it's a late one, but but always great catching up with you, bro. Um, And, and hopefully I'll see you in, uh, yeah, a few weeks. Yeah, man. Get, get this injury going. I know. Hopefully I'm back. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. no, speedy recovery, man. You know, uh, we, we want to see you back on the pitch, bro. And, uh, I don't want yeah. to have to take a trip out to Valencia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See that, bro. Nice seeing you, man. Nah, always a pleasure, my guy. Yeah, man. Appreciate the time and all the best coming back from your injury. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Man, Mark, so that's it, dude. That's another episode. We're hammering these things away. You know, we promise to keep bringing the guests, which means I... I, I, I I have to keep going back to you to follow through on the promises. Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, yeah. to bring in the bring in the big dogs. Like I can bring in the the old guys, but like you know, no, you know, no one's really impossible to get. Whereas like the young guys, you know, you got to line them up. You know, you guys got they they all got a whole bunch of excuses like you have when you when you can't do the pod. <laughs> just like but, listen, man, listen, you got guys you know, moving into homes, you know, apartments, you know. So it's like you got to get Wi Fi installed. You know, some people, you know, some people even getting, you know, landscaping done in their backyard as the pot is going on. So, like, I don't, like, it, <laughs> life is life, man. Yeah, I've got landscaping happening right now. I'm staring at the, I got this mesh Wi-Fi system set up. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be, like, yeah. top level. But it's just blinking red all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> what's the point if this thing doesn't work? So, I've actually got to take it all back now and exchange it. Uh and get it all set up again later today. So I'm glad we were able to get this done. But yeah, man, life life, life happens, man. Life happens. It sure does. It comes at you fast, too. So if you're not yeah. ready for it, you know, it'll, it'll catch you off guard. But, you know, luckily I, I got, uh, you know, I got Heath Pierce to, to hold me down, you know, to keep me stabilized. Yeah, humble, you know, one foot in front of the other, um, you know, um, oh, 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 give 100%, always work hard, you know, team team first, all that stuff. Team you know? first, always. Team first, always, yeah. you know. FSV team first, always. 
By the way, how good is uh, does does Eunice? We didn't actually ask him this. Does he speak uh, Italian or any other languages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so he's he was born in the U.S. and then moved to Italy, mm-hmm. and then was raised in Italy. He knows Italian. He speaks his fluent Italian, um, which is why he's able to speak Spanish fluently so quickly too. Um, and learned English when he was in the U.K. Uh, so yeah. He's trilingual. Yeah, trilingual. Like, I would have mm. never thought that he spent a day in his childhood outside of the UK with, like, his English. Yeah. <laughs> knowing that it, like, that's probably, I mean, does he, does, does he, does he speak any uh, Ghanaian dialects or anything? I think, I think he does. I think he speaks yeah. a little bit. Um, but I have to ask me, you know, we we'll just have to get him on the pod again. You know, we'll have yeah, to go in more detail. I, I like, <laughs> I like going in, I, I like going out in our outros by teeing up the next conversation to make sure we can bring people back in, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta round them up again. You know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, I want to get on there. But okay. When we call for round two, keep that same yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's see. Let's see. I don't want to hear anything about training and the, and the physio and the, you know, travel schedule. No, man, you got, you got internet. Yep. You, you, you know, you got a device that you can connect the internet to. Yep. You know, okay. Cause I know you <laughs> okay, got time. Cause I know you, I was one of you once. I know you got time. Uh, we got to make it happen. So you got the um, whole afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but again, you know, when you weigh, when you weigh up a nap against anything, the nap's <laughs> probably gonna, like, I remember I used to think like, nah, man, that's my window. You know, like, don't get, you, you could offer me anything. And if it's in the nap window, it's kind of like, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. You know, that, that's the siesta. Yeah. It's a yeah, siesta. The siesta. Champions League's on. You're sinking deep into that couch, you know, like <sighs> just going deeper and deeper. I mean, shoot, you're going to be, you're going to be like re- prepping to play for a game on a Thursday, on a Wednesday. Could have been a Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe, maybe next season, but maybe I was just, season. you know, I was, I was, I was never near that. So, you know, levels. No, nah, man, that's what we're playing for. We're going to go directly into the group stage. We want to skip all this, you know, champion qualifications mm-hmm. stuff. We want to go right into the group stages. I want to see Virgil van Dyke on the pitch. I want to catch me, catch, I want to, who, Neymar, who? Messi, who, PSG, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. keep the same energy. Yeah, 30. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 30. 10 plus 10 plus 10. Come what on. Is this? Uh, so that's it from us, guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, make sure you leave a comment and a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word, helps us get found, helps hit that algorithm. Um, we've got some great guests coming up over the next month or so. Obviously, schedules pending. We're going to make sure that we keep bringing this uh, whenever we possibly can to you guys and give us some suggestions and leave a nice comment and find us on social at Slice of Soccer. And of course, we want to thank our production team, Matt Flores, Chris Bonello, and the whole FSV crew. And Mark and I will see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.